What happened to our on-air light? It's by my... It's by my we it's, did it, used to have an on-air light. It doesn't say on-air anymore. Actually, we replaced it. It says go, go away. Go away, yeah. Where's hair and makeup, damn it? We can't start. Okay. I can't let you in on the jokes, otherwise you won't laugh, and people who are listening will think that you're doing one of those not funny reactions. <laughs> sort of like the whole, like a little blinking pigeon, sort of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't joke. <laughs> like, just get the, the blinking pigeon reaction. Oh. Sort of each eye moving independently. <laughs> This is the Stack Exchange Podcast, episode 62, recorded Tuesday, January 20th, 2015, at Stack Exchange headquarters in New York City, New York, where 8 million people enjoy the benefits of democracy and live under the courtesy, professionalism, and respect of the New York Police Department. Today's podcast is brought to you by the American Venture Capital Association. Whether starting a new company, growing an existing business, or just getting your business plan sent to your competitors, always choose a licensed venture capitalist. On today's podcast, VP of Community Jay Hanlon, VP of Engineering David Fullerton. Yo. Jay Hanlon, say yo. Yo. Ex-producer Alex. Yo. I'm your host, Joel Spolsky. Hello. And it's been uh, two months, so welcome back. It's been some time. It has, it has been, been a while. Over two months. Two months and eight days. So much has happened. So much has happened. And actually, this is the first time in a long time that we've done a live stream simultaneously simulcast with the recording. So it's a regular podcast, but... If you are, want to go into the past, wait, I don't really know how to advertise the live stream for the people that aren't already on the live stream. They should tune in the next time we do it. Next time we do it. may or may not be the next time we record a podcast. We will hopefully do something like that. Anyway, we've got 158 viewers and there's a bunch of people in the chat room, s.tk slash live chat, so you can join in the conversation and we will be monitoring that from the booth. So let's get to the big announcement. It's okay. not really a big announcement. I mean, the announcement already went out. So Yay. everybody's already big announcement. It, but David's anniversary coming up. Hey, wow. That's wonderful. Private offices Thanks, for Alex. every developer. Congratulations to David and Kate. Okay, so the summer of love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's announce news from the past. This is, I feel like the limited number of people that still listen to our podcast, most of them still remember. They're all super fans. So we can talk about stuff from the past and they'll get the joke. Okay. So let's read the last 10 closed questions from Stack Overflow, <laughs> top to bottom. <laughs> it took nine posts on Hacker News before someone said all the questions are closed or this question is closed. <laughs> the Hacker News so. people, they're ever so original. They figured out that they can make a snide comment about opinion-related questions. But we're starting with the meta. So what happened today, Joel? How did we, we get Today, here? we are announcing that we have raised $40 million, which is now sitting in our bank account. In cash, dollars, U.S. dollars, from a venture capital firm called Andreessen Horowitz, founded by Mark Andreessen, invented the browser <laughs> and the internet, <laughs> founded Netscape. Gore. And we're going to use that to boost our programmer forums, according to TechCrunch. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have better <laughs> programmer forums. They will be boosted. And Andreessen Horowitz partner, Chris Dixon, will be joining our board as an observer. That means he's allowed to sit in on the meetings, but if he speaks up, we have the right to silence them. Is that really what it means? It just means you can't vote. I'm sorry, did you say $40 million? That's right. That's what I said. That is, or 12 Swiss francs, depending Th- This on may that. not be the right <laughs> venue for the... Can I have a raise? Yeah. No. <laughs> Bitcoin? Maybe in Bitcoin. Your Bitcoin salary will be going up. My Bitcoin Your salary, salary is expressed in Bitcoins. We do have a Bitcoin site, bitcoin.stackexchange.com, your best That's source enough. for Bitcoin questions and answers on the web. Yeah. Hmm. There's a gigantic thing on the screen that says questions from the audience, and it just has a it's just bullet, just a dot, it's like one of those password letters. They're talking about completely unrelated things. 
No, no, we have questions from the audience. User Some Kittens says, can I have a dollar? Joel, can Some Kittens have a dollar? Yes. User Some Kittens. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope exactly. to Jay Hanlon, care of Stack Exchange. No, send your address to team at stackexchange.com. You can tell them that Joel and Jay said we would mail you a dollar. What are some of the big questions that people uh, might have about this fundraising? It's not really, you know, I mean, okay, so the news is, why is this important? Number one, we win. It's victory for us. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have started on the yeah. dominance over our enemies tone. Well, they're not even in the running anymore because you know how many dollars they raised today? Zero. <laughs> also, yes. what are we going to use the money on? Everybody asks that, but it's always just like, well, it's because we spend too much. We're spending more <laughs> money than we're earning. We're going to use it to pay our bills at the end of every month. What do you think our American Express bill is like $500,000 a month? If we knew how to spend our money, we wouldn't have to go asking for more every few years. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. No, no. That's, that's not, not to be fair. Paywall. They're asking about the paywall. Oh, also, we are now only supporting the Netscape browser. Netscape only. Netscape 4.0. In honor of... Uh, the site best viewed in Netscape 4.0. Have we ever done that for an April Fool's joke? Mosaic. We got to go to Mosaic where it had that little like twisty they thing. They never had that. They always had this site is best viewed If we in did that, there would have to actually be an Easter egg if you managed to get it running in yeah. Mosaic. What did Netscape show that loaded your page? Was that the comets with the stars going by? Is that the Netscape? Remember? Oh, yeah. Back when browsers the, had to have like a cool animation. There was like a little, it was like a little Godzilla. There was like a little Mozilla, the Godzilla type cartoon character. And he was standing on a picture of the planet Earth and there were comets going yeah. behind stars and comics like, like a like after dark like with fun yeah. toasters kind of thing right? yeah that was netscape that was so amazing yeah. and it was they were able to do that with only eight bits of color <laughs> oh somebody in our chat room has uploaded a picture oh, yeah. of the eight bit User... it's just a letter n so i don't remember why i'm remembering that there was like a little monkey godzilla there uh, you know like a lizard of some sort so user brant found the uh, the cool we'll put it in the show notes netscape uh, animation we will put it in the show notes it is awesome it takes me back this is i noticed david and alex are being super quiet because they were busy being like four while joel and i were amazed by the netscape animation yeah mm, yeah i wasn't alive they weren't allowed because it was on dad's computer we had aol i think <laughs> <laughs> so anyway this guy invented the internet yeah and his partner who as i understand it is a rapper of some sort yeah and very loud or maybe he found it loud cloud i'm not sure one or the other and between the two of them, they've amassed yeah. $40 million. They have quite a bit more than that. They are now the number one premier eminent venture capitalist of Sand Hill Road, of the Silicon Valley. What are we going to spend the money on? I think yes, that's, the, that's the question that. most people are interested in. Okay. So here's what you need to know. First of all, what we already spend the money on is Stack Overflow careers, to be honest. I mean, we spend a lot of money on hiring engineers and, and building offices and stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest uses of our funds is to continue to expand Stack Overflow careers in our hopes of getting every programmer a better job. So we should clarify what we mean by that. So a lot of people were surprised in your blog post where you said half the company works on careers. I think it's more than that. I mean, it's probably half the company are just salespeople for careers. Right. So yeah. that's the thing. So half the company is salespeople. Yep. And what they're selling is mostly careers, yep. job ads, and CV search. And a little bit of just the plain old regular kind of advertising. And a little bit of regular advertising, but we're super, super strict on what kind of ads we sell there, and that puts a pretty right. hard upper limit on For example, how even much we the original sell. Netscape animation would not be permitted as an ad on our site because it has an animation. That's such an obscure thing. Is there anybody in the world that has a website that's like, no, we don't take animation in our ads? Yes. That's how amazing we I are. I think Reddit has that policy too. Really? Okay. That sounds right. That sounds right. But it's real. Like, I remember it used to be like respectable sites didn't really do it. Like the New York Times, like... Oh, even, it's like takeover. Yeah, like a car will drive across the whole darn street right. now. <laughs> but it's also like you have to wait 45 minutes before you try to scroll because everything on the page is moving around while the ads arrive. 
So it's very, very hard to right. go to the New York Times without accidentally clicking on something and going to the wrong place. And you always end up like reading the first two paragraphs of the article, and then it gets yanked away from you because the ad up here is now scrolling away, moving and so everything. it's moving everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally like reading a newspaper on the subway. That's the experience they're trying to recreate. But you can dismiss Somebody it. Somebody knocks into you, knocks over the subway. You've got to fold it. <laughs> it's continued on page 17, and you're like, where is page 17? And you're sort of folding the gigantic newspaper while people are brushing up against you in the subway and having unwanted experiences. I'm imagining you now in a like 1950s yeah. hat on fedora. the subway yeah, with your newspaper with my news dash and paper. all the other gentlemen sitting next to you with their newspapers reading right. these paper devices. Reading, yes, there we go. They got the New York Herald, the New York Tribune. How New York old Herald are Tribune, you people? The Sun, the Times, the Sun Times. that young. I don't even know what you're talking about. So anyway, so <laughs> we don't run ads that look like Joel's old timey A train subway experience. We only run super unintrusive ads, but I think you were trying to talk about careers. Okay, yeah. So uh, we do a lot of that because essentially we've solved this problem of programmer QA, and now we are solving the problem of programmers working at jobs that they don't like. That is their next problem to work on. And how will we solve that, David? So, what's that mean? Oh, you're asking me. Okay, great. <laughs> so, we're working on a bunch of things on careers. Some of them are going to be announced next week. We're working on a lot of things. So we've talked about them on the podcast before. I mean, some of the changes to careers, but a lot of the stuff that we've been working on is invisible to the average public viewer because it's all employer-facing stuff. Yeah. But one of the things we want to do in the next year is really come back to the developer side and think about how to make that better. So we're looking at a bunch of things there, just making the job board better, giving you more options to search and filter to find the right jobs for you and things like that. And then also, you know, going back to CVs and thinking about what's the right process there. We've had this CV search thing for a long time. There's actually a lot of CVs in there, but we haven't actually updated the way CVs work in a while. So we're going to be looking at a lot of that. You'll kind of see that rolling out over the next six months. But honestly, that's that's sort of all stuff that we're going to work on anyway. That's not necessarily, uh, we just raised $40 million and now we're going to go make massive, wild changes to the product. I mean, the $40 million from Andreessen Horowitz is kind of a vote of confidence and keep doing what you're doing more than uh, here's $40 million to go change everything. I think speaking of keep doing what you're doing, you talked a little bit how we're sort of really focusing a bunch on the developer side. And I think there's something that's implied there that I think is sort of off that we probably have not historically done enough to highlight, which is, I think one of the things that makes careers more interesting or a better product is that from the beginning, we didn't talk as much about this, I think, as we could have. It was very developer focused. Like there are all these crazy rules built into careers around, like Jill's talked a fair amount about the fact that we don't allow contingency recruiters, even though they're the ones who are like spraying money everywhere. They're the ones who probably provide, I don't know, like four fifths of the revenue to most of the other job listing sites, which they're basically using to spam to try to get resumes. Right. And it's what makes developers hate sites like that, right? Or most people, but developers in particular. And I think we've talked about that some, but I think even the, the whole system, like there's not a lot of other systems, I think, out there where essentially we basically look at what the paying customers want to do and go, all right, we're going to restrict that in 600 ways because it annoys developers. Our people. Did I ever tell you about that contingency recruiter that emailed me once with a friend's resume? <laughs> no. I don't, well, maybe. I don't know. Have we talked about that on that the podcast? That was amazing. We have not talked about it on the podcast. We have not. So what happens is I'm sitting there happily reading my email and I get an email saying, hey, Mr. Spolsky of Stack Overflow Incorporated Exchange, I have an amazing programmer for you who's on the market, and I represent him, and would you like to interview him? And I looked at the resume for some reason, even though I knew this was spam. I have no idea why I started looking at the resume, but I noticed that you know all the so-called identifying details have been obfuscated, but there were still enough identifying details there. You know, It was a person whose company had been sold to Groupon, and he's like two and a half years ago, and whatever, and now he's working at whatever, and before he worked at whatever, whatever, and what school he went to. And I was like, wait a minute, I think I know this guy. And he was not actually a friend of mine, but he works for a friend of mine. 
So I said, I know this guy. This is really weird. Why is he looking for a job? And at first, I actually did think he was looking for a job. So I called up my friend, his boss. You basically doxed this guy, essentially. Yeah. And I said, hey, look, I got this resume from this recruiter guy. What's going on? And he said, oh, that's why recruiters do that all the time. They just find qualified resumes of people on LinkedIn, remove the identifying details, and, and send it around. And I said, if he doesn't represent this guy, what's he going to do if I want to interview him? And my friend said, well, try it out. and We'll see what happens. So producer Alex here calls up the guy's phone number, literally five minutes, I think, after he had sent me an email saying, here's a person looking for a job. You guys are running a sting at this point. We are. Yeah, okay, basically. just so we're clear. Okay, yeah, go on. Uh, go yeah, on. okay. And producer Alex says, hey, yeah, it's Joel Spolsky here. I'd like, to, uh, <laughs> I'd like to interview this character. And the guy replies and says, oh, I'm really sorry. He just took another job. <laughs> but I do have somebody else who's just amazing for you. And then he sends us another resume of somebody substantially less qualified. In fact, not qualified at all. And we said, no, we really don't like this guy, but we definitely want to interview that first guy you sent us. We would probably pay him loads and loads of money and we would pay you whatever your fee was. You would, you would just get rich on this one deal. And he was like, yeah, sorry. No, he took another job. No, no, no. It was better than that. After one or two, like, oh, he's already like really deep in interviews with someone else. It was... Okay, we might be able to work something out. Sign our, like, our representation agreement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll see what I can do. Yeah, my boss says, I can't talk yeah. to you anymore unless you sign an exclusive agreement where we become your exclusive recruiter until the end of time. So well, this is what happens to your resume when contingency recruiters get a hold of it. We tried to track him down. They had a very professional-looking website. It had an address with a suite number. We looked it up. It was in mailboxes, et cetera, in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Then there's my side of the story, too, yeah. right? Then... A week later, he sent me the same resume. Oh, of the original guy. <laughs> yeah, the same guy. Yeah. I tweeted about it, being like, these guys are scumbags, you know, don't do business don't with them. <laughs> that, like, four hours later, I get a call on my personal cell phone number, which is not posted anywhere, from <laughs> this guy yelling at me for tweeting and saying he's going to sue me for this tweet and I need to take it down. Wow. So just to be clear, he called you on your personal cell phone to complain about you unjustly saying he was harassing people inappropriately by contacting them. Yes. Okay. It's amazing. Okay. I don't think these people understand irony. So we don't like recruiters, or at least <laughs> the contingency first. recruiters. Yeah. And that's one of the things we're trying to fix. Right. A pox on all of their houses. Yeah. I could, if I ever met this guy in real life, I would probably never stop hitting him in the face. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just really scummy. But then we look at, um, I won't name them, but every other career site for programmers and 80% of what's up there are fake job listings by recruiter spammers just trying to get resumes that they can take around to companies and try to essentially insert themselves in between a transaction that was already going to happen just to make a buck. And we have no tolerance. We will broke no, what's the expression? Bre I breach uh, no, breach. broke no tolerance. I bro break no. Well, Sorry. we're not having it. Sorry. <laughs> this gives me an idea for a new business model, high frequency recruiting. Ooh, high like high frequency trading. Is that the model? Don't, don't, you're going to give me, I'm going to, I'm not going back to those dark days in finance. We should go to some questions maybe from the chat room in a second, but on the career side though, I want to be clear that there's a huge chunk of the design here besides the contingency thing. There's also that whole token system that we currently have. The system by which recruiters generally contact people on a lot of these sites is just to harass as many people as they can blindly. Yeah. Because it's their best bet. In other words, instead yes, of filtering of a ton, what they should do is contact everyone yeah. with complete spammy garbage. Right. And the tiny percent return they get on the infinite number of idiotic emails they send out still beats what they would get for their time if they tried to find the right people to contact with the right jobs. Yeah. And so it's a horrible nightmare, which is part of why if you go to LinkedIn, even by accident, to make sure that like nothing, I don't know, that someone hasn't reached you, 
they're constantly trying to say, what if we took all of your contacts and put them all somewhere and harassed everybody tomorrow? But our system, essentially, there's the whole token system, right, where employers essentially get a limited number of people they can poke, right, to, to reach out to. Yes. And they don't get their token back unless a lot of time passes, I understand it, or they get a response. Yeah. And so if they actually try to spray around, they're frozen out. They basically can't contact many people. And again, there's something important that we haven't done enough to highlight around. The system has essentially been built to be much more painful for what irresponsible employers want to do and much more comfortable for developers. Yeah. Not because we're such good people. There's a piece of that in there. But part of it is we think if we make all the developers happy and comfortable and realize it's the only place they will not have a horrible experience, the employers will have to be there, right? And yep. we can do a better job for them by getting better candidates. I don't know if you don't care about that. It is important to understand also, I think most programmers don't even realize this, is that there are two different ways that recruiters get paid. Recruiters, they're contingency recruiters, which I've been describing, and they only get paid if they actually play somebody. And there are what we call retained recruiters who either work directly for a company, like that's our recruiters in our company. We have four or five of them and they sit there and we pay them a salary and they just recruit as many people as they can. Or you can have that outsourced, but they get paid whether or not they place people. Right. And they're sort of expected to always place somebody for a fee. So the retained recruiters have no interest in spamming because it's a big waste of time. They want to actually do the best job possible to get the best people into the company and to save as much time as possible, whereas the contingency recruiters are essentially this sort of infinite swarm of people that are just kind of floating around hoping they can grab something. And the truth is that the contingency recruiters, again, all recruiters, kind of a bad name among programmers. And it's important for us to sort of help programmers understand, look, there's nothing wrong with walking down the street and getting a job offer. And in fact, you probably don't mind if you walk down the street and somebody says, hey, we got a real job offer for you. The problem is the spammy, scammy, it's not a real job. I don't really, I'm just trying to hustle, trying to get you to move to some other worse position because I don't care about you or know about you or understand anything. That's not what they want. So anyway, yay developers. In fact, we actually, when we launched careers, I hate to bring this up because this is from the deep, dark past, but when we launched careers, we thought, hey, we're doing this for the developers. Let's charge the developers. And that didn't go over so well. We had to return all that money. But it just shows how much we care about developers that we try to take the money from them to be on Stack Overflow careers. That's right. We care about developers, so pay us. Yeah. Well, we're trying to create a high-quality job site. It was just the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. We're still playing with that. We could still charge you. We could still charge. No, no that's we're not, not a thing we're going you. back to. One last thing on careers. What do people have to do to get careers CVs now? They're still not, do they... Yeah, you have to be invited. Getting? They have to be invited. So yeah. if, if someone is listening and has not been invited, they, they, should, should, just, they should just stand there, terrible job, and get poked with a sharp appease stick. Appease the careers gods. No, there's three things. Okay, so you can get an invite. If you know somebody who's already got a careers profile, they get a bunch of invites that they can give out. They can send you an invite, like Gmail. They can send you an invite, like Gmail. The main way, though, if you go to, we'll, we'll link, but it's stackoverflow.com slash cv slash get dash one. You can request an invite, and there's a few different ways there. If you just link your Stack Overflow or GitHub, if it has a certain amount of activity, which is secret, then you just get an invite for free because you've already proved that you're a real programmer. Otherwise, you can just fill out a little bit of information about yourself, maybe link to your personal website or something. And if somebody here will actually review those periodically and invite anybody who seems like a decent human being slash programmer. And just that whole process is essentially one of the things we sort of filter for is to make sure we only have actual real developers, right? That's the main goal. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're not really trying to filter only the best of the best of the best. We are, we do want to make sure that this is a site. Just the that, regular best of the best. The, yes, the best the one of the, of the best. best. Yes. That these are real programmers and, you know, above some sort of minimal competency level. So that's what we're, you know, just trying to filter for there. And so we think, you know, that's why we have like the GitHub or the Stack Overflow. If you've written code and checked it in or 
answered questions on Stack Overflow. Uh, okay, you're probably a real programmer. Come on in. Yep. Well, okay. Uh, so, take some, so let's take some questions. Take some questions. We've got a long uh, queue. Uh, so most popular question here looks to be... Go ahead. There, it's all up on the board. How much can Joel bench press? Yeah. How will this affect the sites? Oh. In ounces? I might have... <laughs> <laughs> I may have misread it. How will this affect the sites? Not one bit. Uh, no, that's right. All right, moving uh, on. No, sorry. That is... That is <laughs> Not in, at all. That is incorrect. Oh, some of them will get new designs because we will be able to hire one more graphic designer. And so some of the sites that old designs will get new yeah. designs. Yes. So the answer to that question is we're going to redesign one more site. More t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts. You said I couldn't talk about t-shirts. Oh, I keep right. trying to talk about... You guys we will so no mean. longer close questions that are primarily opinion No. Based. So I think one of the things we realized, I think one of the reasons we're excited about this money... Oh, one is actually... Can I raise? <laughs> you already asked that. I didn't like the answer I got. If he said yes, I would stop asking. Good one. In addition to careers, we find ourselves pretty frequently talking about what we can do right now. And there are an infinite number of things, I think, maybe not infinite, but a very large set of things that users have suggested, have requested on Meta that we want to do. And what we wind up doing is picking the ones that we can do with the resources we have available. And I think on the Q&A side, one of the things we've come increasingly to believe is we need more people at all levels. So whether it's yep. developers, community managers, product managers, we need really teams that are separately thinking about things like, what do our power users need most? What will make their experience better? How do we help them do more of the things they want on the site? And if you've been following on Meta, our quality project, we've had both Shag9 and Tim Post have been really pushing hard on a lot of initiatives designed to try to improve some of the power user tools and make the power user experience even better. We need even more of that. We also need some things to help new users learn the ropes faster, understand the why we do all these weird things. But they're like separate groups. We really need dedicated people focused on both. And so part of what we are hopeful we can use a lot of this money for is to really invest in improving the user experience and making it sort of even more rewarding for the people that are contributing today. Yeah. And then also obviously building out all the careers things that we think will make that product better. So strategically, there is no shift in like, now we don't want to be Q&A. There's no change in our goals, yeah. but I think it lets us hit a lot more right. things simultaneously than we ever could before. That yeah. is, if we could get money. We could, you know, we could do a podcast every two months instead of every 10 weeks. That would be, we can afford that now. No, I don't think so. That's not uh, in the budget. Uh, We'll think, about it. Okay. we'll think about it. So just to answer that one tiny bit more, some of the things that we're actively working on right now, just, just so people know, which we, we, are, we are doing things anyway. which we would have been working on before we raised the money, but some of the interesting things we're working on search. So the site search has been not great, I would say. Most people would say that they get way better results from Google. So we're working on improving the site search and a couple of our developers, Dave Haney and Marco Ciccioni, have been working on that, doing a lot of a-B testing on the actual search algorithm to see what performs better. So we're making lots of little fixes there that are going to make search a lot better. So that's more on the kind of experienced user end or maybe a little bit the new user end. Okay, so everything's going to just be more better. We're basically continuing what we're doing, but we'll be able to hire more developers. Yes, that's also a good point worth hitting. We're hiring. We're hiring developers, designers, but especially product managers. Product managers. So this is a really important position. We just put up the job listing for this. We're looking for... Somebody really Somebody smart. specifically for Stack Overflow to be yes. actually two product managers specifically for Stack Overflow. And one for careers. And one for careers. And these are really important positions to so three. really help to... The way we think of product managers here is like representing the voice of the users. They have different users that they're responsible for. So we're thinking that there's going to be one of the product managers for Stack Overflow is going to be just focused on new users and thinking about... Yep. What's confusing to them? What do they need? And not just thinking about that, but talking to them and asking them and finding out, you know, what makes Stack Overflow scary to you? How can we make that better? Yeah, we haven't done a whole lot of research 
So it's a big part of research. The other one will be focused on experienced users. What do they need? How can we make their lives better? So moderation things, even making a better interface for finding something that you can answer. So we want to do a lot of looking at that and researching that. So, you know, check out the job listing on stackexchange.com slash work here. We'll link that from the show notes too. We're open to that being somebody who hasn't necessarily had the title of product manager. So if that sounds interesting to you, check out the job listing and apply. Yeah. The kind of people that make good product managers, and they may not realize it, may be former entrepreneurs. They could be user experience designers, anthropologists, programmers sometimes. Wait, did you just slip anthropologists in there? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. got it. If you're it. an ethnographer, an anthropologist, you may have the analytical skills that's necessary to understand the programmer in their natural habitat. Perfect. Okay. As Ghost Producer Every points out, we actually already have an anthropologist product manager. Yes, I told you. It's a good oh, thing. What does that even mean? Laura. Laura's an anthropologist. That's right. There That's you go. Right. Laura's an anthropologist That's product true. manager. She studied anthropology? She's, yeah, she's got like an Indiana Jones hat and a whip. <laughs> <laughs> I admit that. Was she that... a real anthropologist or is this just like she studied that in school? Throw me the but... idol. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just do? I think that's an Indiana archaeologist. Jones Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, not an anthropologist. Oh, like, those those are that is a branch. Archaeology please. is a branch. All right, of somebody please this just pick exactly a new question for us. Head entry I yeah. expect <laughs> in this room. <laughs> All right, user Bart wants to know: Will there be someone to represent the rage quitters? Rage quitters. The answer, Bart, is yes. We accept your application. The pay is zero. You can gather some <laughs> oh data God. on why they quit. On um, how they feel about the whole thing and all of the constructive feedback they have for us to improve things. I am leaving and I want you to delete my voice from all previous podcasts. We're going to post your phone number publicly. You should have a conversation with each of them when they rage quit. Okay. To try to talk them out of it. Okay, let's go to another question. Yes. All right. Would you consider being an intermediary, putting a buy this person's time on their profile page or answer? No. Okay, next. Yeah, we're never going to do that. Sorry, we don't really want to associate... What kind um, of... Who asked a question? Like, what kind of joker yeah. would... Oh, it's Brent. Okay, hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. We love you, but no, we refuse Long time to. You can buy Brent Ozar's time. That I'm down for that, but he gets has to put out like a like a advertisement. Yeah, we could let people buy advertisements on pages that they've written the top answer for. That'd be sweet. That I would do. Let's do that. Call Danny Miller, our sales guy. He'll sell you some ads on pages that you have written the top answer to for. To be clear, we don't have that feature yet. We probably owe them to Brent Ozar for free. Based on all the sure, help but he's I just want to geotarget but... them by topic. Can we just send Brent a check and reject his feature? Is that okay? That would be easier. Yeah. I'm really see what's happened to us. I'm just giving away money in this podcast. This is <laughs> we've really changed. Okay, never mind. Next, has SO Design update changed user behavior? Oh, why did you pick that question? We just don't know the answer Come yet. On, it's it's, it's like way too soon. No, I'm sorry. We do. No, we have a lot of feedback. Since the new design we launched, have feedback. The, we don't have data. No, no, no. But there's been a marked, measurable increase in the people who are complaining about how blue and a certain shade of cream go together, uh, which we did not have at all before. The users have been spending an awful lot of You're time. You're right. It has, yeah, the SO's design update has changed user behavior. It's driven many of it's them to meta. It's driven many of them to scream and, and moan about Now, I think that the honest answer to that pixels and... question is we've gotten a bunch of user feedback, some of which we've actually already made tweaks and changes based on. The design team has actually adjusted a bunch of things to improve them based on some user feedback. And there's other stuff which it is very difficult initially to discern between I am used to one thing and this new thing is different, which is I hate a, it. A, an initial reaction we all have. Yeah. And yeah. what is actually on balance better if you're not already used to where to look. And so we're trying to parse it now. I will say me, Joel, and Michael Pryor are usually the ones going, the contrast is too low. Our eyes are old. I cannot see anything you were trying to show me. And I don't have that problem with the new No, uh, it's screen. much nicer. It just looks, it's kind of weird. It's yeah. like somebody went over it with like a airbrush. Which isn't to say that point is wrong. It's just not as dramatic. It's sort of like Farrah Fawcett to Farrah Fawcett Majors kind oh, of. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Does anyone in this room besides me know who Farrah Fawcett is? 
Or how she got the last name Majors. No, I don't know that. She married Lee Majors. Explain hey! what I mean. Okay. There is one weird thing, which is, you know, we've got a little bit of a MacBook monoculture going on in the office. So we all see this on beautiful Retina Macs. Real monitors. There was right. definitely one guy who was complaining about the, look on Windows? the pink highlight on the homepage, which is not pink. For the record, it is decidedly yellow. Yeah, there is obviously a yellow, one of the yellow wires going to his monitor was, was broken. Yeah, and then there was somebody who actually took a picture with their phone of their monitor showing that that color <laughs> did not even render on their screen. It was just white and indistinguishable from the background. Again. So I don't know how you really deal problem. with that. Can um, Windows really not do colors even anymore? That is really sad. <laughs> it's, getting I, it's, it's getting worse. You, a you really left that company just in time, Joel. No, when you have an analog color monitor, is one of those it, has, maddening things. it has different lines of the different colors. And sometimes one of those wires is weak or noisy or distorted. Did, did you say an analog, like a analog CRT screen. with like an no, RGB even little dots? The Regular little... VGA is analog. Do you guys remember when they had web safe colors? Do you remember that? Somebody oh, like yeah, did some were research. There 216 permitted colors. There's yes. no research necessary. That... And 200 of them okay. were green. So Netscape, <laughs> should I tell this whole story? No, <laughs> please no. There were 216 colors, and then the Netscape engineers thought, let's just make it 33, 66, 99, CC, and FF for R, G, and B, and we'll make those the available colors. Yeah. And that sounded like they were sort of distributing the colors evenly throughout the RGB zone, but they actually wound up with about 19 identical kinds of purple that nobody ever wanted to use, and no browns at all. Because I remember there RGB being an overwhelming actually, amount of green for some reason. Yeah, and, and blue, and all the blue looks the same. So distributing things evenly throughout the RGB space does not actually result in colors which are, you know, representational of all the colors in the world because that's how RGB is. Anyway, my only point was that color is hard. Yep. And even when you pick a color that looks beautiful to you, it doesn't render the same on every monitor. Color is hard. But really, good question. Do our designers actually have Windows... We need to, like, buy them crappy laptops to we try this them, stuff on. Like a Retina and a non-Retina. I used to have this Mac. problem, actually, because I had a crappy... Yeah. I mean, it was a nice Lenovo ThinkPad, but the monitors sucked. And I would yell at Jin because I'd be like, I can't even see that color on this monitor. Yeah. It doesn't even show up. doesn't render. Back in the day, you know, the, the Macs had different size fonts in terms of the DPIs than Windows. Oh, yeah. And so the Mac designers would design something they thought looked awesome, and it would just be teeny and tiny on Windows. It would be, you know, un, unreadably tiny. Somebody solved this problem, but it's mathematically impossible, so I don't know how they did it. Thank God I wasn't involved in that. Anyway, so that was the Stack Overflow redesign. All right, let's Next go to question. another question. Can you comment on SO rep being useful to the job search? Yeah. Joel said he'd hire anyone in the top 5K, but I've found most don't care. Most Joels? Most yeah. 5Kers? And we've probably had some 5K people apply that we didn't hire. That may have been a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they turn out to be psycho. <laughs> Like you, just, you don't want to be anywhere near them. So I can, I can speak to this a little <laughs> really bit. really good at answering I can speak to even though. our perspective. We're certainly aware that there are lots of employers out there who just don't know what Stack Overflow is, right? And sure. don't, don't pay any attention to but it. But so they that's, will learn. I will use some of those $40 million to educate them. That's, you know, I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, oh, oh all you're going to have to do is walk into any software company and show them your Stack Overflow rep and they'll be so impressed. They'll be falling all over themselves to, to hire you. I think one of the things we found is that from our perspective in hiring, posting on Stack Overflow is actually more like blogging or or things like that mm -hmm. in terms of what it tells you about a programmer. Right. It can tell you that they're smart and that they're a good programmer, but often what it tells you is that they're interested in being a part of the conversation in posting public artifacts. And yep. that's super important to us. And I think it should be important to way more companies. But the reality is it's it's not that important. I'd say the big thing that it doesn't really tell you is, you know, when we talk about sort of smarts and gets things done, 
Stack Overflow rep doesn't really tell you the gets things done part. And so that's why... Not necessarily. I mean, actually, somebody that's done a lot of work on Stack Overflow, you can sort of tell that they get things done. Well, you need to see, like, it's the what have you built question. Yeah. Right? And I think that... There are a lot of people who are high rep on Stack Overflow who have built a lot of really cool things. There are two but kinds I would, of I would want to see both things there. There's sort of the answer that's like a two sentence, like, let me grunt out the minimum piece of information that you need, where you sort of imagine that somebody has kind of carefully balanced the keyboard on their stomach and is sort of leaning back, <laughs> sort of eating Fig Newtons <laughs> without using their hands fig at all, Newtons? just sort of allowing the Fig Newtons to fall into their mouth off of their face while they How did we get to the two no, sentence the answer. The Fig Newton is rested on your little trackpad <laughs> yeah. between your hands, okay. so you can lean forward, lean forward and just nom, grab a nibble. Nom, 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 yeah. And that's one type of answer, and you can see that sometimes on, that's maybe a useful answer, but there's another type of answer that is somebody has rewritten your code, they've tested it, they got out the debugger, they installed Visual Basic 3.2 in order to specifically answer the specific question and they've kind of worked out the whole problem for you and you can just tell those are the people that get things done those are the people with the motor the people that are just super energetic that are working really really hard just to answer a question on stack overflow and that's sort of amazing too so sometimes you can tell sometimes you can't i think our main point is that it's actually not the number the numeric reputation that's relevant although it's pretty hard to get a high numerical reputation without being good there are a lot of people with very low reputations and done a lot of activity but the activity that they have done and you read three of their answers you can tell uh, this is a program where I want to interview. Right. I think David's blog metaphor is good because we think about, obviously, rep is always our kind of top level thing we use as, you know, to open privileges and all this stuff. And if you start to think, well, if my rep is high enough, I should be able to get this kind of job. Somebody actually wrote a post recently about how they felt like posting on Stack Overflow, that time didn't immediately translate into better jobs or money for them in a perfectly direct way, right? And my take on that was, is that why you were doing it? Like, it's yeah. like saying, like, I've been writing a blog for 10 years, and I'm barely paid any more, yeah. I think, as a result. No. And the answer is, like, you're not Scott Hanselman. Like, that, for most people, right. this well, is really a modifier. It's an add-on. And it's like you see someone's an Eagle it's Scout. a little bit like any kind of collegiate activity where you, or high school activity in order to get into college, where you're like, ah, geez, I need to be an Eagle Scout. So like, yes. I, and I use Eagle now, Scout because it community means- Community service. It's measured. Yeah. Right? When you see Eagle Scout, if you know much about the Boy Scouts, I was not one. But I know that that is an enormous multi-year commitment to doing oh. a thing. And so it tells me one thing about that person that's a big positive. And I think, to my view, that that's really where we've seen a lot of people- have, What is the, um, what does an Eagle say? Yeah. All right. It's not like What? I just didn't know it sounded equal. This podcast just jumped the shark. Joel bet me five dollars he could get me to make a bird noise first on this podcast. I'm out six bucks in this podcast. Joel, can I have a raise? All right. Next question. Will you use some of the forty million dollars to make a Windows phone app? (laughs) That is not a real question. No, we're not gonna do that. Oh, that's our joke question that always comes up. Uh, yeah. No, it's not a joke. That's you know what it's like? It's like it. Niagara Every Falls. Every time we write a blog post. In Abbott and Costello, they were always like, you say Niagara Falls, and everybody wants to scream, Niagra Falls! Do you know, right? actually, do you know who those people are? <laughs> Sorry, I think Alex They probably the all Niagara work Falls at Microsoft. Yeah, those Abbott people. Costello. So we could put up a blog post that basically was about, like, the yeah. fall of Nazism. And yeah. the first comment, <laughs> the first comment would be, yeah, yeah, that's great. When are you going to roll out a, a Windows, Windows phone, phone app? Yeah. And I'm convinced, I've okay. become convinced it's Microsoft. It's the same people who now when I go to turn on no, like CNN it's or a soap somebody opera. Somebody at Quora that's trying to get us to <laughs> waste our time. Anderson Cooper is like, this is a very serious situation in the Balkans. As you can see from my Microsoft Surface, full <laughs> of beautiful rectangles yeah. and multicolors that you can tap mm. to learn things, I think. I don't know how to use it. Yeah. Okay. That's what happens okay. on football too. You probably don't watch it. It, but I don't think we're going to make Windows Phone app. Can I'll we tell say you what. That? I don't want to no. let people no. down. No, no, we're not no. going to rule it out. Here's what we're going to say. If you all can actually convince 
a reasonable percentage of the universe to use Windows Phone. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Then we might consider it. But right okay. now the traffic is just uh, sorry, our, astonishingly our mobile, low. Our it would be... lead mobile developer insists that we stop talking about this. So next question. Are there any plans to add a chat feature to the mobile application? Ah, let's talk about that for at least 45 <laughs> let's just minutes. Talk about all the shortcomings. And our lead of mobile mobile. developer, we, this is just, and he just dropped dead. It's very tragic. <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead. any happier. He, he just, is now dead. He, he really no, dead. I really want chat in the mobile app. Mobile chat, please. We may add please. chat to the mobile app. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're Let's not do promising it. it could just be a web view. David said we could add have. chat to the mobile app. I just don't want to have to switch to a browser. Okay, onward. I know you already mentioned searching. But are we going to ever allow wildcards in the searches? Currently, chat, I know, it just nulls the search. You can't wildcard search? That's a good idea. There are few viewers. What do you mean by wildcards? I don't... Who, who asked this question? Like SQL star or something? Like how unmanned murder? We allow don't know a what he's going to do. We do allow that. So chat search is weird and backwards. Look at actual site search and see what it does. It does allow a certain amount of wildcards, but I don't know the actual detail. You're going to get a better response if you post this on Meta. We'll get the person who actually works on search to look at it. Yeah, post it on Meta, folks. Meta.stackexchange.com. Thank you. We're out of questions. That's okay. it. We've answered them all. Perfect. Really? Wow. Thanks for coming, folks. All the questions in the universe have been answered. Let's talk some more about... Hey, what else has gone on? Seriously, is there any new stuff that's happened in the last two months? We should just cover like some of the most all basic right. news other we'll than the We'll give you hats. guys a minute to ask more questions. We had hats. That was amazing. Hats came and went. Yeah. Hats were awesome. Okay, we all know about hats. Great. Good, good, oh, good on hats. This is a cool hats. multimedia social experience. People are now tweeting <laughs> Stack Exchange, Spolsky, chat, and mobile, please. Yeah. I like this. I like uh, this. Uh, okay, get off your social media and talk about the podcast. Not like I'm Facebooking. It was, it's a Stack Exchange. Okay. The podcast? What about the podcast? Are we having a podcast? <laughs> what did you think we were doing for the last 45 minutes? I don't know. I was getting so much attention <laughs> from you, Joel, and it felt so nice. Hey, oh. can I have a raise? Okay, uh, so we got sites. We got new sites. Um, new sites. Let's. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Always. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. But that's the canonical boring thing talking about a new site. Okay. We have new features. Really, it's been two months. Seriously, since November, have we launched nothing? New features. New features. We talked about some of them. So we've been we working. We did on... talk about the refresh of Stack Overflow. Did we? Have we already talked about the triage queue? That's still in development. We talked about it a long time ago. We can talk about that more. So that's being tested on Stack Overflow right now. So let's back up. What problem are we working on? Stack Overflow question quality. Yeah. I think there's a perception that a lot of people ask questions on Stack Overflow that are annoying is all F. And those questions fall into two separate categories, questions which are hopeless and need to be closed or banned or deleted or in some way eviscerated, and questions that are merely difficult to answer in their current form, but with a bit of editing, help, love, comments, conversation, they could probably be beaten to a shape where somebody could write an answer to them. Yeah, so the idea with the triage queue is to triage those questions as they come in. Basically, the idea is that we'll have some super secret magic algorithm that is amazing at detecting low-quality questions. Yeah. It'll basically flag anything that looks suspect, send it into this triage queue where users will go to the review queue, they'll review it, and basically they choose between three options. One is, and we're still working on the wording here, but one is looks good, one is needs improvement, and the third is, this is hopeless, just get rid of it forever. Wow. That may not be the exact wording. And we have a flowchart, which Shag has posted in the chat room. We'll put that in the show notes for you. Yeah, that's linked on a meta post, so we can read that. And then the idea, once this is working, is that things that are in the triage queue don't show up on the homepage until they've been approved, basically. So it's hopefully a very fast kind of approval queue for anything questionable that gets a few users to look at it and say, yes, this looks good, or no, it needs some work. Send it back for more editing. And then the ones that need more editing will go to a second queue where users who are interested in helping users who need some advice, tips on how to edit it, how to make it better, get some help there and can improve their questions and then it gets sent to the homepage. So 
this comes out of a long discussion around quality that you can read all about on Meta, and we'll link some of those threads. But that's something that we're working on. If you have enough rep, you can try that on Stack Overflow right now on the review page. Yeah, and I think one of the big discoveries that led to that was we felt like both groups' problems were mostly caused by trying to force them to both be in the same place, right? So we had all these power users who really were looking for good, hard, interesting questions. They didn't want to be cluttered up by these questions where like, oh, you didn't tell us your technology. And so that made them crazy and it created a little bit of an unpleasant experience for the new user. And those new users need to be moved where they're out of those power users' way and into a place where someone can simply say, we'd love to help you here, but you need to add this or is willing to edit. Yep. In some cases, people will just edit them. But this lets people much more explicitly choose the actions they are interested in. One thing that struck us was the conflict and the tension between power users sometimes and new users was because power users wanted to answer questions. They didn't want to play cleanup or play editor, and they shouldn't have to. Some people like that. And I think by basically creating places where both groups get better service, I think we're, we're going to have a win all around. So it's gone really well. The users have so far appeared to be really good at this. I think the output's been really consistent, really good. So new questions. What happened to the videos idea? Oh, yeah. Let's make videos. Stack Overflow TV. This is a video, actually. Did we ever talk about Stack Overflow TV? We, we had a scheduled podcast to talk about it, and then we didn't talk about it because we just kind of didn't do Stack Overflow TV. Let's use some of that money to buy some TV. Can I get a TV in my The office? only thing I, I do want to say is that we have a deliberate part of our plan that literally says new content types, and it doesn't, we don't even know what that means yet, but we're all about developer learning, and the things that we've done in developer learning in the past have included Questions and answers, self-answered questions and answers, which was supposed to be sort of like a blog feature that didn't really become a blog feature, and Tech Overflow Dev Days. So those are three things around developer learning. But, you know, it is sort of hoped that we will expand into other areas of developer learning, and we now have sort of some opportunities to do that. So Stack Overflow TV, for the listening audience that doesn't know, was the idea that We'd bring in some speakers and record them and basically have a kind of like a YouTube channel or a, a bunch of short introductory videos on kind of So You Want to Learn X yeah. about a new language. So we're still working on that. We um, that. We've had a little bit of trouble If you are listening to this podcast and you would like to produce Stack Overflow TV, give us a call because it's something we're interested in. It's been a little tricky actually getting speakers to participate. Some speakers who are more well-known sort of reasonably expect to be paid for this sort of thing. And we were seeing oh, well, it more ridiculous. as a kind of pro bono community service, make the internet a better yeah. place kind of thing. Yeah. And so there was... Yeah, so give them three free bottles of Mangria. Not quite a meeting of the minds there. So that we ran into some roadblocks there. But I think we still think that might be a great way to create new education. Video is hard. You know, there's a ton of things that go, right? So there's the speakers, there's the production, there's a lot of, a lot of work fixed, that goes fixed into costs well. in producing like the minimum useful unit. A video. So we're still looking at that. I think one thing that's important to highlight is when we talk about like exploring new content types, they're not going to bleed into what our, our sort of main product, right? So we're not talking about all of a sudden sort of, you know, you can post anything you want sort of in, in the Q&A. I think the question is, are there other ways that people can collaborate to share knowledge, particularly developers, where the audience we have can do more to help each other that they find useful? So Stackable is one of those ideas. If you come across any others, bring them to our attention. I almost regret saying that now. Do you have any plans to run hackathons to promote local user groups? Great question. Love this question because we have an awesome answer to it. On a small scale, we have been making our space available to local user groups, at least here in New York City. Yeah, we could do it in Denver and London as well. And we basically had enough interest through kind of connections, friends of friends of the company to get a fair amount of interest. But we've been kind of, we've probably had, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 over the course of the last six months or so evening uh, groups that were either hackathons. We worked with a bunch of uh, women coder groups as well as kind of some more general interest coder groups. And we are interested in continuing to do that. I think we've kind of committed to every couple of weeks at a minimum, giving kind of space away for anybody who is kind of promoting, working on becoming better coders. Cool. 
Okay, well, you've gone. Shall I, shall I, shall I, shall I, shall I end this wretched podcast? Shall I put it out of its miserable? You got to give Jay the boring stuff about the new sites. No, please don't. No, no, it's always terrible. Let's just, let's just cut it off. Let's at least mention Expression Engine, which got a new design. Oh, it's beautiful. You like beautiful things. Have you seen the Expression Engine design? It's very I, nice. I'll go look at it. it. What's expression the, what's the engine URL? Stack, it's, <laughs> gotta type expressionengine.stackexchange.com. Oh, but. seriously? What? <laughs> I've never seen such a long Tech, URL. Does I think DNS I broke the internet. support that long? Ooh. Technically okay. called Expression Engine Answers. Expression is Engine nice. is a registered trademark of the... However, uh, some company. Somebody want to tell me what Expression Engine is, please? Come on, LS really? Lab. Expression Engine is the LS Lab it's CMS. CMS. It's the LS Lab's product. It's yet another company. Remember when we went on like that CMS spree where everybody wanted a Q&A site for their CMS? For the CMS. They well, this all is did, one of the ones they that They all did pretty well, out. and now we're getting to have to do them designs because they're graduating. So okay. Expression Engine is one of them. Okay. There you go. Um, congratulations on the fundraising, everyone. Thanks. Now, I want to warn everybody that none of that money is really available for our own use. Wait, what? It's for the company's use. Wait, I just wait, bought a house. Can I have a raise? Yeah, you already said I could have a raise. <laughs> well, what am I going to do with this house? You have gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Exchange Podcast 62, recorded Tuesday, January 20th, 2015 at Stack Exchange headquarters. This podcast was brought to you by the American Venture Capital Association. Remember, only a licensed venture capitalist can legally collude on valuation, fire you <laughs> as CEO, and sleep with your pets. For Jay Hanlon, David Fullerton, audio editor David Greenlee, ghost producer Abby Miller, and ex-producer Alex, who is test driving a Bugatti 57SC Atlantic, which happens to retail for... A lot. $40 million. <laughs> ah. I'm Joel Spolsky. Goodbye! Bye! Bye. Bye. You want a Bugatti? You want a Bugatti? You want a Bugatti? You better walk, you better walk. You want a Bugatti? You wanna boot gutty? You wanna boot gutty? You better walk. Now get to work. Cosmo's got them talking about Wave. Again? Really? Good Lord. What? How? He's been obsessed with Wave all day. I don't know. It's, it's just... Is that Buzz? We're going to no. have to go talk with him. If he has this much time to talk about Google Wave, he, he could be making a Windows phone app. Kazra, go ahead chat to the Stack Exchange app. You got this much free that time. That was pretty much the conclusion from this podcast, is that we don't have to do Windows phone, but we do have to do chat. Yeah. From now on, when someone says, what are you going to do with $40 million? The answer is add chat to the Stack Exchange app. Go put that on the blog post. That probably costs about $40 million, so that's good. Yeah, and just in churn and the number of developers we go through. <laughs> it's just a little web view window. You make a window and you point it to the website that already exists. Done. Done and done. I just wish we had gone on Shark Tank for this simply so we could have had Mr. Wonderful ask us why he needed to give us $40 million when for $40 million he could just, you know, hire some kid to build his own. Of this. They're proprietary <laughs> about what you're doing. What stops me from hiring a bunch of other idiots in jeans and sneakers to buy a bunch of video games and squash you like the cockroaches you are? You know what I have to say about that? Shh. <gasps> Shh. Shocking. What? <laughs> Such good radio we do here. What was that sound? What were we even talking about before Alex just snorted? His... <laughs> was, I, th I think I, it was I think like I, a whale I, fart I, or like something. A, he made a weird noise and a kitten shut out of his mouth. It I was completely disturbing. This is why people can't have nice questions. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. BJP568. Okay. Uh, MSC footer contrast. Yeah, oh. yeah. No, no. We're not talking about that.
Delete. Deleted. Delete this whole episode.